on TV, online, and onomatopoeia. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. Coming up on today's show, we are back from Barcelona. We did webcasting. We did TV shows. We really wore out our voices. Uh, we did some highlight show. Might end up on TV. We did challenge tapes, and it was a weird one. Uh, the TV shows, they're back. Still back and going strong. 2015 PCA main event five now available. That's the penultimate show from the PCA. Maurice Hawkins, the star of the PCA, I'd say so far. He is our guest on today's show. No ego in poker. Ego broke. <gasps> ego poker, ego broke. No rest for the weary, as W Coop is coming, and I am W pooped. I do not think that I have any energy left for W Coop. Good thing I live in America now and can't play any of it. <laughs> also, as always, we've got an edition of Superfan versus Stapes coming up later on in the show. Before we get to that, James, I, I should I should introduce you, everyone, to my work wife, Mister James Hardigan. It's lovely to be here, and yes, we always have this whenever we come back from an event, and it's always, hey, it's the Barcelona recap, slash Monaco recap, slash Malta recap, where it was like, oh god, we're so exhausted, how are we going to get through this show, but this was an intense event, and we're going to go into it in more detail a bit later on, but yeah, it was hard work, and the cherry on top, and I say this as sarcastically as I possibly can, is that I had a two-hour flight delay coming back from Barcelona, and not the good kind of flight delay where you can just sit in the lounge with your feet up, the bad kind of flight delay where you're sat on the fucking plane and it's not moving. Hold on a second. You get lounge access? When I say lounge, I mean departure lounge. No, you just, not, not you just the mean nice, like the regular normal people I mean people the regular lounge. normal people lounge. Good, which is I was about to lose my no, fucking no. shit. No, calm, okay. Joe. All right. Calm. We, we fly together enough. I know, but know. I figured that would be the perfect opportunity <laughs> for you to be like, well, since you're only paying for one. Don't get me wrong. Most departure lounges are awful places, but they still pone actually sitting on the plane in your seat. Absolutely. Yeah. And to make it worse, some kid threw up everywhere before the plane oh, started somebody taxiing. somebody yacked on the plane? Yeah. So I've, Could I'm you kind hear of... it? Could you... See, to me, the gross part of someone yakking on the plane isn't like the hurl, isn't like the... Ugh, it's the hitting, hearing the splash, like the, the splat of it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank heavens for noise-canceling headphones. And you couldn't smell it, or did you have noise... Uh, did you luck, have smell-canceling nose buds in? I was luckily far enough away, because I'm one of those people where either the sound of vomiting or the smell of vomit... It'll get you even, going? No, even thinking about it now. Really? It's making me go a bit funky. All right, yeah. I'm not going to make it... I'm not going to do any... I'm not going to lead you down that path, but that's hilarious. Um, what are people saying about the show? People love the show. Uh, Matich says, just catching up on the podcasts, and I just want to say, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Keeping me laughing all the time while grinding. A good one, but means he's playing. He's he's playing the podcast Play poker stars. while playing on Poker Stars. Well done, Matic. Good work. Uh, Kaz says between EPT Live and EPT Not Live, Stapes and Hartigan are the soundtrack to my life. Hashtag Live and Breathe Poker. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And Keith Woodward is really looking forward to this week's show uh, because it's the Barcelona recap. And actually, Keith, thank you for your bullet points of things that we should be talking about. Oh, really? You could have helped me out with the rundown for this week when I couldn't think of anything. Let me write these down. Uh, basically, the way that my blood pressure rises whenever we run a competition and people fail to follow basic instructions, and also something I had forgotten about, 
Elkie's chicken video. And this is something I think you missed out on because Broughton was in the booth yeah. when Elkie was on and we were twitchifying the stream. Elkie was obsessed with his chicken video and uh, we'll talk about it when we come to the Barcelona recap. Okay. So thank you, Keith, for reminding me because I think I deliberately wiped that incident from my brain. I am I, before we get going and talking about Barcelona. I am just um, I'm really embarrassed. Um, I I like to do this thing when I come in in the mornings, and I don't think you've ever witnessed this because we come in at different times. But I like to do this thing where um, if I'm on the elevator with a bunch of people, like I kind of like to get warmed up and like make everyone in the elevator laugh. I dread to think what how some people react well, to my, your attempts to make people laugh in the elevator. My usual routine, right? will be that I'll I'll look at everyone. I'll be like, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? And then they're all sort of obviously like put off. And then I'll look around and I'll go, someone in here smells really, really good. And then I'll usually look at like the best dressed man and be like, I think it's you. Sorry, just to clarify, you do this every time you're in the elevator. I do some sort of routine every time. This How one's like my go-to. How have you not been punched yet? Because everyone's English and it's the illusion of politeness here. So they're all thinking fuck off wanker in their heads, yeah. but they don't say it. <laughs> but what happens is, so because I'm doing this, like I have my exit timed perfectly where I sort of like back off the elevator and like yeah. do like the double guns, like catch you later, everyone. Well, I'm really embarrassed because twice now I've done that and I've gotten off on the wrong floor, but I just want to look really cool so I can't show it. So like other people get off with me and I have to pretend like I work in the office with them. <laughs> so I just like walk down the hall like, I'm like, yep, this is where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> this, this building is a nightmare if you get off on the wrong floor, by the way. Yeah. All, all the elevators are computerized. There's no buttons inside the lift. No, you got to go back down. Yeah it's, yeah, it's 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 a bloody nightmare. So I just feel like an asshole because I've done it twice now. Or I'm like, what's up? I'm the cool guy. Shit, this is not my floor. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to like actually jump back on the elevator. So yeah, so I was a little late for work today because of that. Uh, also, before we went to... Um, before we went to Barcelona, I had a small little gig in Florida. I did. Uh, oh yeah, I'm aware of this. Cheating on me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then and then rubbing his quotes in my face. If David Tuckman were here, he'd say diamonds are cheap, which doesn't even fucking mean anything. Well, that's why I said it because it doesn't mean anything. But so yeah, I went and worked on Poker Night in America for a few days with uh, Dave Tuckman. I actually had a really good time. What I liked about their stream is I could say whatever I wanted, like a cuss if I wanted to. Like there was no because there was like no one in charge, so it was hilarious. <laughs> So occasionally, like, you know how I get into it with the people on Twitch? I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. And it feels really good to say the word idiot. It's like really gratifying. But I screwed up. Now, I never told this story, but when we did the gig in Toronto for Daniel's Summer Bash, um, I've been doing this thing a lot lately where the people, basically what happens is everyone, when, I'm, when I get travel booked, James says the same thing. They send you like a bunch of choices or they send you like, what do you think of this flight? And if I ever say... Oh, like, is there anything later? They always write back, nope, that's the only one. And I was like, fine, like, why even why even ask me then? So I've gotten into the habit of just whatever flights I get sent being like, yep, that's it. Now, as someone who has been traveling professionally for many, many, many years, how are you making such a schoolboy error? First of all, you don't say, is there anything later? You say, I want a later flight. If they say, is this acceptable <laughs> and it's not, you say, no. It's not. I don't, I mean, I just don't feel like I have the right to say something's not acceptable. So I always, but what it's done is it's got me into a very bad habit of not even looking now and just saying, cool, thanks a lot. So unfortunately, when we were leaving Toronto, 
I went downstairs, packed all my stuff, talked about how long it take me to get to the airport, and I'm going to check out of the hotel. And they're like, you know you're booked for another night, right? And I was like, oh, shit. And then I took out my computer and looked, and my flight wasn't until the next day either. And so I'd booked like a dentist appointment and I had like a, like a, a, a softball game that night back in New Jersey. And I was like, shit. So I ended up paying $400 to change my flight and fly out that day, 400 Canadian. So it really wasn't that bad. But so I like basically a big chunk of my salary that I made for that weekend. I just completely dusted off flying back if you look at the accumulative cost of mistakes that you make while traveling do you think that having a pa who could sort your life out would actually save you money it would be close it would be really close like if i went and looked at how much money i just straight up wasted over the years over dumb shit that's probably why the kid two rows behind you puked like that would be me. Like if I just saw like a figure, it's probably five figures. I would probably just vomit right on the air, right in my fucking <laughs> Excel document. So, but here's the thing, James, I did it again. I did it again. Now, when I was going to work uh, on poker night, I asked him, I said, look, I'm coming from my parents' house. I need to fly out of Albany to Fort Lauderdale and back to Newark. And dude booked me a flight to and from Albany. And because it was my first time working for them, because they're like a small production without a lot of money, I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to book myself an, a one-way ticket home from Florida. So that was to the tune of 300 bucks also. So over the last two gigs I've done out of town, I've wasted $700 just from not checking my fucking email. Attention to detail, Joe. Attention to detail. Yeah, so I realized I forgot to tell that story from Toronto. There's one other thing I forgot to tell from Toronto. I was on stone tilt about this, actually. This guy came up to me and he was like, oh, Stapes, you're hilarious. Like, you're the best. Like, I'm such a big fan. I was like, cool, cool, great. All this is good so far. This is really the same guy slacking you off on 2 plus 2, by the way. It could easily be. And then he goes, look, I have to thank you for something. And I was like, what? And he said, well, Melanie Wisner had a joke competition recently and she was giving away like 1% of herself in uh in some tournament no and i stole one of your jokes no remember when you went to starbucks and you're like they're always getting my name wrong lol and then you posted a picture i posted a picture of my cup from starbucks and i'd written face on it lol they're always getting my name wrong at starbucks and this guy fucking took the picture took it as his own and then sent it to melanie wise there and got and got one percent of her wait, action for my fucking joke wait did she cash was that 1% worth anything or was it actually 1% of nothing? It ended up being 1% of nothing. Karma. If not, you should get the money off him because you are actually owed the royalties from that joke. Well, here's the thing, and I know this is going to get bleeped, but I think we know who the real face is. Event Recap. Event Recap. The most positive thing I can say about this trip to Barcelona is we didn't have to burn through the night because the final table actually finished at midnight. Not on the last night we didn't, but we burned through the night later than we normally do on the other nights. And that's one of the reasons why the final table didn't go as late as it normally does because we actually balanced the days better. Now, don't get me wrong, three long days is tough. We were on air from noon until midnight for the last three days of the tournament, but I still prefer that 
to having a final table that goes to 5am and shortening the levels as play gets shorthanded also helps. Yeah, that was awesome that they finally kicked that into gear. This song, right? This is a song that like makes you think of like good times and like memories and like I have those from Barcelona, yeah. just not from this year. It like, was it was really weird. I suddenly realized I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it this morning, and this is the shortest trip I've done to Barcelona since 2009, back when we just used to stream the last two days of an EPT main event. Ever since then, I've been there for like seven days, nine days. Last year, I think we were there for two weeks. We spent three days, for example, uh, shooting sketches around Barcelona. Yeah. This was very much a fly-in, fly-out gig. We just streamed the last five days of the main event, and it was... They were long days. Except it was a five-day fly-in, fly-out gig, or six-day fly... So it was like, it had all of the makings of like what should have been a two-day gig, but, but stretched into six days. Like my first year in Barcelona, right? was my first year in Barcelona. It was the first time I'd been flown out to location on EPT. And I'm not going to lie, I met Gail, right? So it was like a really magical sort of like, wow, look at this new life. And wow, there's this like Belgian supermodel I'm friends with now. So it was like magical. The next year, my friends came out. The next year, I met like an Italian girl on the first night and spent the next five nights like sort of like struggling to go on dates with her like and, and struggling to speak the language. Last year, we did all the sketches. We had a blast doing those. I think on the last night, I met like a girl in the club. I've had these like really incredible Barcelona trips. This year, there was none of that. I, do, I can't think of one interesting thing that happened outside of the commentary booth because I got five minutes of sun the entire week we were there. And that's because it was a one minute walk to the hotel every day. And it was dark when we got out. Yeah. Uh, ditto. But not complaining we're there to work ultimately, and it was a really fun event to cover. It was a great event to cover, yes. This was the biggest EPT main event in European Poker Tour history. In fact, there were huge fields in every single event they ran. The High Roller broke records, the Super High Roller broke records, the Estrellas event broke records. But as far as the main event was concerned, we just, by a combination of luck and judgment had really interesting feature tables. William Kasuf became a big character, and a, a, a big source of entertainment for us out. and for our viewers. Flick it in, Flick it in like a boss. Um, <laughs> like and then, boss. as the field whittled down, it was quality all the way in terms of the poker play, in terms of the players themselves. What a final three. John Juanda, Frederick Jensen, a former EPT champ, Steve Warburton from Manchester. And for John Juanda... One of the first players I think ever watched play poker on TV for him to win the biggest event we've ever held. I mean, you couldn't script it any better. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool getting to interview him. I don't, uh, I don't know if I've ever said this or not on there, but I don't love doing the. Win I used to really loathe doing winner interviews. Now I'm okay with it. It's not that big a deal. I now. don't know as much whether you loathed it. You were just really nervous about it, and you would always sweat bucket loads before you went up there. So the winner interview would be this kind of like really scruffy looking bearded guy trying to get something out of someone who's so shell-shocked they can't string a sentence together. Yeah, and I didn't realize that that was okay in the beginning. I was putting like a lot of pressure on myself, and I wasn't very good at it, and now I'm getting better at it. Yeah. So it was really cool, actually, to interview John Jawanda, and he did genuinely seem to care. Like, and I know that everyone would sort of give the answer that they did care, but when I'm watching him, I'm like, man, this guy's been playing poker 20 years. He plays in Macau. He plays in all those huge games. 
like, yeah, of course they all want to win because they're competitive, but like, is this still prestigious to him? Is it? And it turns out, yes, the answer is yes. I mean, anyone who was watching the live stream, he was having a conversation with Frederick Jensen and clearly he has a lot of respect for the EPT. He really values it as a title. He really enjoys playing the tournaments. Obviously, back in the day when uh, he was a full tilt pro and full tilt wasn't owned by PokerStars, he wasn't allowed to play on the EPT. So he's got some catching up to do. It's the first tournament he's played in a year and... He completely bossed it. There was an unhealthy obsession with the surgical mask by viewers saying, why is he wearing it? Why is he wearing it? And I think you said this on the stream various times, Joe. It was blatantly obvious that either he doesn't want to get sick or he is sick and doesn't want to pass it on. And in this case, it was the latter. Yeah, that's typically why people wear surgical masks and it's easy to make fun of him. It is sort of a shocking image. The one thing that I don't understand is he was wearing a mask unlike one I had ever seen before. It was... Not the standard like flats or it had a point to it. It made him look like it did make him look like Scorpion or Sub Zero from the Mortal Kombat games. Like and I don't know where you get like a stylish, like hip surgical mask like that, but that it was relatively shocking to see. But yeah, like what could it possibly be? Like, why would you write and be like, what's up with the mask? What's up with the mask? I know you probably talked about it. What's going on with this mask? It can only be two things. I did like Broughton's suggestion though that he had just had a bunch of Skittles in there. And he was just in there going, nope. Yes, we were accompanied in Barcelona by Matt the Waster Broughton, and the three of us had a lot of fun in the booth over the five days. We had some great competitions. Uh, we continued to Twitchify the stream. We got the little booth camera, so whenever we have a guest in there, we can uh, switch the lights on and the camera on, and people watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash PokerStars, can actually see us as well as watch the action at the table. I think I might ask for a, a Twitch-related raise, because the abuse comes in on Twitch so fast and so furious. I feel like combat pay. Like I had my life threatened two different times in the Twitch chat. People are just so fucking mean on there. I don't know. I feel like eventually you end up getting them on your side. Like the first, it's like this weird relationship. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like when you date someone that's got a kid and the kid at first, they're like testing you. Yeah. They're holding the stuffed animal out the window. They're saying, you can't tell me what to do. And you, you butt heads at first, but then eventually over the course of the week, you sort of get them on your side and they realize you're just a kid too. But it can be pretty rough sometimes on Twitch. But I, what I found is that Elky has had like a rebirth. Like he's just a phoenix rising up on fire with this whole Twitch thing. And Twitch adores him. Well, the weird thing is, I'm not sure he ever had it, but I think Elky's lost the plot. He is, <laughs> yeah, he's crazier he than is ever. He's obsessed with this black plastic mouse speaker. And he gets upset if you call it Mal 5. Like, he genuinely doesn't like it. Mouse, spelt with a 5. And he insisted on demonstrating on the stream how it could play music. He played licensed music on the stream, which has probably cost us a shitload in royalties that we don't have budget for. And then he becomes obsessed. He's got this video which someone has sent him of these chicks, like boxes and boxes of chicks. And he's in, look at this, look at this. Now... You know how hard it is, right? You've got the screen, which is the TV with the action on it. Right. You've got a screen, which is like the commentator feed, the new graphics feed. Yeah. We've got new graphics, by the way, which I think most people really like the which look of. pretty well. Uh, you've then got your computer screen, where you've got the Skype chat, which is your conversation with the production team. You've also got all of the tweets coming in as and well. And for me, as you've got OkCupid open, you've got Facebook, you've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, Beej.com, which is a great one that Jesse recommended to me. You guys should check it out. Point being, I'm not a space person like Elkie. I struggle to <laughs> monitor a multitude of screens. If you put another screen in front of me, my brain reaches overload. I can't compute anymore. And it's like, 
I'm literally trying to push this phone down out of my line of vision so we can commentate on the fact that some guy at the feature table's all in. Hey, look at the cheeks. Look at the cheeks, James. Look at this video. Look at the video. Isn't Is it, it worth pulling the video up? No, it's okay. not. It's, it's by no means. <laughs> in a word, no. Especially when it's very much a visual thing and this is okay. an audio podcast. Okay, fine. Uh, but no, Elk, who loves it more when it comes to Twitch? Elky. So the broadcast is really good. People were watching. And my uh, my friend, my roommate, Jesse, he was watching. And so Jesse's been in and out of the poker world. And so occasionally he comes at me with these gems, like these stories. And he just so happened to have an anecdote about John Jawanda. So I was hoping you guys could indulge me. And uh, we're going to introduce a new segment on the show today. It's called uh, Tales of the J-Cat. He's 30. He's unemployed. And he's my roommate. Tales of the J-Cat. Today's episode, J-Cat versus John Jawanda. You know, I actually played against John Jawanda a couple years back on Full Tilt. He sat down at a heads-up 10-20 table. <laughs> I took the seat and bought in for the bare minimum, of course. I played one hand. He opened, and I just shipped it in. And he folded. And I sat out immediately. I sat with the best, and I won. <laughs> Jesse Abramowitz sits with the best, and he wins! Tales of the J-Cat! I look forward to more in the future. And also, don't forget, you promised that you were going to secretly record him commentating on our TV shows as well. So when you get back to New Jersey, I want to hear some of that as There's well. There's going to be more J-Cad than you can handle. So Barcelona is done. However, the second leg of the EPT Season 12 is not that far away. And Joe, we don't need this music. Why? Because we've got... This the is official. the chill point. We just we're going into the lot. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I've got I've got the official music from Malta here. All right. Oh yeah, remember this? Down and dirty. Now this is from the promo, the Malta promo. Absolutely, and this is one of those songs. Everyone's saying, "What's its name? What's its name?" Witching Hour from Audio Network. So is this supposed to be like True Detective? Closer to True Blood, I think. True something. But yes, Malta takes place over Halloween, hence the witching hour. I watched the first two episodes of True Blood, and I don't think I've ever seen a bigger piece of dump in my life. You got on that HBO. far. I lasted half an episode, and it I was, was done with it. So stupid. Malta does take place the last week of October, concluding on Halloween. There will be five days of live streaming on PokerStars.tv, and satellites are running right now in the PokerStars lobby. Should also point out, by the way, that we did announce during Barcelona the full schedule for the 2016 PCA, and this month, qualifiers for that start, and I think we're going to see more qualifiers than ever before. Now the PCA main event has been lowered from a $10,000 buy-in to a 5K event. Malta, 5,000 euros to play. You could satellite in for 530 euros this weekend, Sunday, the 6th of September, 5 past 1 Eastern Time. 10 packages to be won in that satellite, and there are 21 satellites into that tournament, so you could qualify for as little as 4 euros and 40 cents. Malta's a great one to go to also because it's very compact. 
You don't have to spend a ton of money on cabs and getting around, and everything there is super affordable, so your money's going to go a lot further there than it will in a place like Monaco or PCA. As you mentioned at the start, Joe, September is all about the WCOOP. If you go to the online event section of the PokerStars Tournament Lobby and click on WCOOP, you will see a list not just of the WCOOP events themselves, which start on the 6th of September, but also all of the satellites. Now, unlike the Scoop, there aren't different levels of buy-in for the WCOOP. There's just one buy-in per event. Now, obviously, there are some which are more affordable than others, but every single WCOOP tournament has satellites into it. So, hopefully, there should be something that suits your bankroll and gives you a chance to win big cash money. And... I've just heard some rumblings, some rumors that there may be some Twitch streaming of various WCOOP events, which you may be able to hear my voice on. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. I'm Lee, just Lee Jones talked about it on EPT Live okay. during Lee's Lowdown. So Absolutely. I thought the idea was to get pros to actually uh, <laughs> commentate on the replays. Well, maybe. I don't know. I've, all I've heard is that I'm, I'm, you may hear my voice. You know what? I prefer if you hear from a pro because it's less for me to have to do. But just keep your eyes peeled, guys, because there's probably going to be some Twitch broadcasting of the WCOOP. So we just mentioned the schedule for the 2016 PCA is out there. 104 events. It will be the biggest festival in PokerStars history. Going to be awesome in January of next year. Meanwhile, you can catch up with the 2015 PCA on TV in certain countries, and of course, at youtube.com slash PokerStars. TV Recap. And this week, it's the penultimate show, playing down to the final table, main event episode five, and sadly, the Maurice Hawkins journey came to an end. Spoiler alert, probably should have come before that, uh, but, um, you know, whatever. It's a podcast. What are you going to do? Um, another fun show. I always find it difficult to review our own shows. I just feel like we're just blowing smoke up our own asses. Yeah, I don't know what to say. It was, it was. Look, last night I, I had a couple of drinks and I decided to watch the show, and I, I found myself chuckling along mostly to uh, Hulk time. to Maurice Hawkins. <laughs> I mean, he is just. I added that he didn't. That's not really a sound clip from him. Is it go time, dog? You like the Dolphins? Like a champ, because I'm a born champ. I mean, the guy is just soundbite city. I asked uh, Gilly to get me some quotes from this guy, and basically it gave him overload because the guy talks so much. Uh, I thought he was really fun to watch. Some you got this. He got really emotional. He almost like I think he did strangle a guy very briefly. Um, there was a lot going on at last night's show. I thought it was fun. We'll catch up with Maurice in just a moment. Let's look at some of the tweets in reaction to this week's show. Hashtag PCA2015 on Twitter. Anna E was tuning into Channel 4 in the UK. She says, no British players in the event. Wish I was good enough to be there, but I will keep practicing on the app. Now, she's referring to the uh, Play Along a Poker app, which is available for iOS and Android devices. Free. And this doesn't just work with the live show on TV. It also works with the archived version that you'll find on YouTube and on PokerStars.tv. A chance for you to try and get inside the heads of the players at our feature tables. It, it talks to your iPad or whatever non-branded tablet device you use. Emily Diamond was lying in bed watching the PC. Thinking PCA. about me. Well, she says love it, so I imagine mm -hmm. she probably wasn't. Uh, Ross oh. Brady observes that Wow, Maurice Hawkins was having a very emotional time during the show. Uh, Lewis was jealous. Paradise Island in the Bahamas looks like heaven. Well, remember, Lewis, you could be there if you satellite into next year's PCA. 
play on PokerStars. Uh, Eggers says the hands in this show were brutal. Hawkins, Pollock, Bustard, uh, Matar, Semi Mullard, Srinivasan, getting done with Jax again two years in a row. Yeah, well, I mean, Matar was the one handing out most of the bad beats, to be honest. Yes, that is true. Uh, Yolanda says everyone loves Death by Quads. She did, however, make one big mistake. She did not use hashtag Death by Quads. There is no Death by Quads. There is only hashtag Death by Quads. Congratulations to Forrest Thornbury for applying that hashtag. And he says, to be fair, if you're going to go out of a high roller tournament, Death by Quads is the way you want to go out. I don't know. I think it's better to actually be the person doing the killing with the quads. Yeah, and also what high roller? Well, I guess to a lot of people... A $10,000 buy-in event is a high roller, and most of our high rollers on oh, the EPT okay. are 10Ks. All right, fair enough. Uh, Forrest also observes that Hawkins is entertaining, but he doesn't have the banter of Daniel Negriado. I love Daniel Negriado. He is uh, fresh out of uh, Ecuador. <laughs> he is uh, he's a sensation. One thing that I should say is that the final table is set. That show will be released next week, and... I think it's a very interesting lineup. We've got a lot of Latin American players who've been doing very well in this tournament. They're represented. You've got the American pros, people like Kevin Schultz and Dylan Lindy, uh, Pratish Badiga, who's finaled an EPT before, and the so likable, I want to hug him, Chance Cornuth. He's just, he's my, he's, his name should be Charm Cornuth. He is a very charming man. He's just got one of those, like, one of those like Indiana Jones sort of everything he says, he smiles after. He's so slick. It, you you don't want to like him, but it's impossible not to. But sadly, I guess one of the two heroes of the PCA series, one was Ronaldo, of course, whose run came to an end the previous week. The other hero of the series has been Maurice Hawkins. Yeah, and so I, you know, I like to do something that's kind of fun a lot of the time. You know, I like to, to bring in some fun little elements. We just had Tales of the J-Cat. I didn't have any idea of what I wanted to do for Maurice Hawkins. So I, what I did was I went on Audio Network, which is the only place I'm allowed to get music from, and I just typed the word Hawk. Just typed Hawk into there just to see what would come up. And what came up was this song called Seahawk. This is not the beginning of a Michael Mann movie from 1983. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought when I heard it. And I just thought, wow, Maurice Hawkins absolutely must be in an 80s cop movie. And so what I've done is I have taken this music and I have uh, put together a bunch of, uh, you know what? I just made, I invented a movie. <laughs> Starring Maurice Hawkins. Last night in my hotel room. And so I'm just going to cut this here for now. So without further ado, I present to you the trailer for Hawk Like a Man. In a world where crime does pay. <laughs> and good men do nothing. <laughs> at least there's somebody watching us like a hawk. Maurice Hawkins is Detective Maurice Hawkins in Hawk Like a Man. Hawktown. Miami's toughest narcotics officer is just five days from retirement. It's day five, baby. But in the middle of the biggest undercover drug sting of his life. I put a million dollars through customs. The only thing saving him from a Colombian necktie. Hey, what's up, Renato? I see you. Well, I need though. Are you out in the cold right now? 
is that this man can talk. Oh, wow. So that, that actually worked out pretty good. I can't shut my mouth. How you interrupt our conversation? Hulk time. His tactics are unorthodox. You like the Dolphins? I don't know the Dolphins. You don't like the Dolphins? His confidence is unparalleled. <laughs> I could care less what they think about me. <laughs> and if there's one thing this cop hates, it's following the rules. It's not against the rules. And he'll stop at nothing until he gets his man. I mean, the real money's up top, so that's where I want to get. But this cop's final case might be his final case. Literally. Lord Jesus. I'm going home. Give me a nine to five. And he can't take no more of this shit. Can't take no more of this shit. But money talks and bullshit hawks. Is it go time, dog? <laughs> I'm still in. Hawk like a man. Like a champ, because I'm a born champ. In theaters this summer. I'm going to be quiet. Go ahead. Joseph, why am I not watching this movie right now? Because tickets go on sale next week and you're going to have to camp out because... I, um, I think it should be exclusively available on VHS in keeping with the whole That's true. 80s that's thing. true. I'll get my decks out. Well, without further ado, let us speak to the man himself, the myth, the legend in his own living room. The Hawk himself, Maurice Hawkins, joins us from the US of A. Yeah, thank you very much. What's going on, fellas? Maurice, how you doing, man? I'm just trying to live the life. Just living the life, you know, day by day. I like how we're getting Mauriceism already. I just like <laughs> you speak in like these little sound bites and, and clips and phrases, and I love it. Uh, have you seen your portrayal on our TV shows yet? Uh, yeah, I, I saw it two days ago. I was in my in my house going crazy. Um, I think my wife was wondering what was wrong with me because I was screaming. I was like, <laughs> "Woo, yes!" So you were reliving the good moments. Yeah, of course. I mean, I haven't got to the bad part where they do um, went runner runner on me and beat me ace keen ace jack. I haven't got there yet. And the guy behind me said, uh, uh, "It's over." That's the show that aired in the UK this week and is going to be available on youtubecom pokestars this week. So you will get to relive it because. Everyone's seen it. They feel really bad for you. Um, but they do take a certain amount of amusement in the fact there was that guy who you didn't even know who came over to celebrate prematurely with you. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I didn't like that. <laughs> no we got shit. that impression. We got that impression. <laughs> I didn't I don't I, I barely even knew that dude. He just said hi to me and I was like, hey, what's going on? That week. And all of a sudden now he's in the biggest spot of my life. It's over. It's over. No, it's not over, buddy. Chill out. Uh, I don't know. It hurt me. That is it such did. a rookie mistake as a railbird. Like, we've all done it. Like, I've definitely done it to someone before, but I've never done it to, like, almost an absolute stranger. And I've never done it from such close proximity. Like, where did he even come from? Like, he's just there all of a sudden. I have no clue. He was like, just, he just appeared out of nowhere. Just, oh, hello. Bad juju. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to offend you, but I do have to make sure he didn't disappear after that, did he? He, he did not. He did not. Actually, okay. But I, I don't know. It, it really, it was bad. He's still I, living and breathing, jinxing someone else in some other card room somewhere he in the is. world. He's probably jinxing himself, evidently, if, <laughs> if he doesn't understand poker. He's, not, he's jinxing himself. But it's okay. Maurice, you were like I mentioned at, at the top here that you speak in like a lot of like sort of catchphrases and they're they're I mean you you put your own spin on it or whatever. Uh it may be tough getting a real 
answer out of you because here you are like on another show but is that the real you or are you playing it up for the cameras no there's, there's no see there's no playing it up for cameras this is me i was born this way i've always been this way and i've i've lived my life trying to succeed and be ambitious and those little catchphrases just how i think it, it's who i am so it's not me trying to be someone. It is who I am. That's just who I am. I don't know how to say it, but that's that's who I am. No, that's the exact, that's, hey man, that's the answer. One of my favorite things that you said during the show was, it's Hawk time. Can you yeah, please yeah, explain, yeah. can you please tell me a little bit more about Hawk time? Well, my entire life, you know, Hawks uh, portray themselves above the flock or above the, the earth or, and they come down and they prey on the weak to survive or sometimes the strong. And my last name is Hawkins, so that has been who I've um, adapted uh, over time as I'm a hawk, you know, and I fly above and I always, pre you know, prevail. So it's hawk time. And my homeboy, who you saw his name, Sean Lauren, he, he, that's my phrase. Hawk time is who I am. I'm just, I just get in the zone and I just try to prey on everyone. That's just me. Hawk time. It's, it's that, I don't know. That's it. No, that's hey, that's that's exactly what uh, what we're looking for. Um, I made a comment about you last week. I hope you're okay with it. I said that uh, you're a lot like Hawaiian pizza, and that you're polarizing. That people either love you or hate you. Um, what do you do? You do you get do you interact much with the haters? Yeah, I interact with haters and lovers because see, the haters bad publicity is good publicity, and good publicity is always fun. At the end of the day, I'm just having a good time at the table because I'm trying to stay entertained. Because, you know, poker is a very boring sport game or uh, event. So you got to liven it up. And back in 2003, when I came up, it used to be fun. And they're, they're, a lot of times they take the fun out of it, all the seriousness, looking. If you have aces and I have ace king, we're putting the money in. If you have jacks and I have aces, we're putting the money in. It doesn't matter what my image is at the table. The money's going in. And sometimes you not liking me, there's a psychological barrier. You not liking me is going to pay me off. And you liking me may give me a foe. So I don't think people employ um, those aspects of the game. They're just simply mathematical tools. And if you want to do that, that's a computer. But there's a, there's a psychological aspect to this game, and I try to play that as well. I do completely agree with everything you just said. But here's the, the bizarre thing. We've just come back from Barcelona, Maurice, where we had a, a character who I actually described as the British Maurice Hawkins, William <laughs> Kasuf, who is another very chatty, very verbal, very animated, big personality at the tables. And we had the same reaction to William as we head to when you appeared on a live stream back in January, when the TV show started airing, that a lot of people go, I really like this guy. And some people are like, get him off the table, mute the stream. It's like, what do you want? Because these are the same people who complain if we have a table of people in hoodies and sunglasses who don't say anything to each other for eight hours. Well, let me say something. People don't like what they don't understand. People don't like successful people. And People just complain. Have you seen how social that media responds true. to everyone? There's always negativity. You can be the most successful person in the world, and they always find a reason to hate. Did you it's declare because, recently that you're quitting social media, Maurice? Did I see that you're not tweeting anymore? Oh, yeah. I got, I got real upset about, um, I don't know, I would say a month ago. I was just looking at my results, and I, I, I've won millions of dollars playing poker. Even before they started tracking, I've won another million five. And... I just feel like I, I should be more successful than I am. Maybe I'm where most people want to be, but I don't feel like I'm where I want to be. So I have to keep striving myself and making myself better. 
So I thought that maybe social media was bringing me down because I wasn't focusing on the game. But then I ran into a guy who actually was one of my, I guess, fans or followers, and he inspired me to say, you know, I follow you, I see your pain, I see your strife, and and you inspire me. So I said, oh, I'm back, and that's the reason I came back. And now, you know, it's not a major deal, but it's my deal. It's my life, so that's the reason why I did that. Let's talk that about pain and strife for a second. Now, uh, in in the show that just premiered this week, you haven't seen it yet, but you probably remember. There's a point where you get real emotional. And uh, I had written on Facebook last night to, hey, make sure you guys watch the show. And someone wrote on there, is this Hawkins guy for real or is he just uh, was he just falling to the floor for the cameras? But you take it very seriously. Huh? It was real pain for you. Listen, uh, I've played poker. I've chose poker. This is my life. This is what I do. And this is not fun for me. I'm, I have fun. But at the end of the day, I want to be the best. I want to face-to-face with Ivy. I want to be face-to-face with Negrano. And no dis- no disrespect to those guys. Those are legends. And I want to be a legend. And when you put your all into something, when you slept on hotel floors and you you followed groups and you just tried your best to get more and more information, you know, that builds up inside of you. And you want to win. You want to succeed. And that's me. I, I want to be the best. And it's what I've chosen. It's, it's my life. That's just me. The other thing, of course, which everyone was talking about, not from the most recent show, but from a couple of weeks back, was the post-bubble spat that you had on the feature table with Sham Srinivasan, who made a backhanded comment about, oh, I've never been able to get so much value out of second pair, no kicker. You didn't take kindly to that comment, and you didn't want to let him forget about it. Well, there's different groups of types of poker players, and Sham fits into that group that... They want to be socially accepted by everyone else. They want to look and they want to people to talk highly of them. And I really don't fit into that group. I, I don't need praise from other players. I don't care what you think about me. You, you don't pay my bills. You don't, you don't make me who I am. I am who I am. And Sham wants to be someone he's not. He wants to be appreciated by everyone and I can care less. And, and he, I guess he wanted a pat on the back because, oh, you want a hand. I guess he never won a hand before. But you can tell that, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm happy when I win, but do you need to, like, kick people when they down? Like, okay, you won the hand. What he should have did is if he would have shoved the river, I probably would have snapped two sixes because I didn't think he had anything. I thought he had, like, Jack uh, King 10 or something. So, hey, he said he got value, but he didn't get max because he didn't think the hand through. I mean, that's just my opinion. But, well, yeah. I just I just like the way that, like, you didn't put up with it. Like, you know, it was a relatively snotty thing to say. Like, I have no problem admitting it when Sam's, uh, when Sham's being a little snotty. And you were just like, "Hey, guess what, dude? Not that's not gonna fly. That's not gonna fly in Hawk time." It's not. It, it doesn't fly. Like I said to him before, I hope that he gets back by who he wants to get back by, whoever he's trying to impress. Because I wasn't impressed, and nor does it matter if I'm impressed. Just don't kick me when I'm down, bro. You know, that's just how it is. Obviously, the following the following day, you guys were on the same table again, not the feature table. So we didn't see as much of you. Did it calm down eventually? Did you? Did the two of you make peace? I mean, uh, look, man. Once you throw a stone at me, we 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 enemies forever. Look, Maurice <laughs> Hawkins doesn't make peace. He makes I'm pieces good. of yeah. you. <laughs> like I'm good. We don't need to be friends. I don't need to be his friend. So it's it's what it is. I wanted to raise him every time he put a chip in the pot, but I didn't get that opportunity. So it's all good. You know, it is what it is. He he had a set on me on the turn um, in one hand where he just was going to call me down and got very very lucky. But at the end of the day, I think I would own him. 
if uh, I got the opportunity, but we probably would never find out. But it's all good. Let's do it on this show if it's going to happen. Uh, Maurice, there was one at one point when you were really down and you were just sort of, you're pretty frustrated and you're like, you know what? I'm going to quit all this. I'm going to, I'm, I think your exact words, I'm going to get me a nine to five. Yeah. Uh, what man. nine to five do you think could possibly contain you? Have you given it any thought? I have no shot to work a nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Once you've made fast money, you can't make slow money. And plus, this this is a drive. This 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 you know this comp this is competition. This is man on man, eagle um, um, face on face. You know, chip on chip. This is this is real life uh, strife. Like I love this. I live for this. Like I just can't see myself ever working a nine to five. It's just not me, and um, it's never gonna be me. I'm gonna be a poker player for for forever. That's just what I've chose. It's me. Yeah. Okay, good. So there's no danger of losing you. Maurice, before uh, before we cut you loose, I was hoping that you might uh, indulge me a little bit and play a little bit of a game with us on the air. Are you down to play a game? Yeah, I like games. Let's do it. Okay, this game is called You Can Talk the Talk, but Can You Hawk the Hawk? Can you hawk the hawk? Okay. All right. Let's so it's not even game. really a game so much as I'm just going to read you the name of something, and I want you to tell me, do they just talk the talk? Or do they hawk the hawk? Do they get the Maurice Hawkins seal of approval? Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First person, Kanye West. Does he talk the talk or does he hawk the hawk? <laughs> he hawks the hawk. He cares about his emotions. <laughs> Kanye crazy. West hawks the hawk. He hawks the hawk. He's crazy, though. <laughs> Next item up for bids, Donald Trump. Does Donald Trump just talk the talk or does he hawk the hawk? He's, he's, he's proven to the world that he could be president and he has no political skills. Yeah, Hawks the Hawk all day long. <laughs> Two in a row, Hawk and the Hawk. Number three, physicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Does he talk the talk or does he hawk the hawk? I, I believe he's going to talk the talk. Oh. He, he talks the talk. Yeah, he's a bad man. Not a fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay, here we go. Next one. Vince Vaughn's acting in season two of True Detective. Does it talk the talk or does it hawk the hawk? I don't like it. It's horrible. Gone. Done. Talks the talk. Next one up, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Talks the talk. That dude trying to he's trying to save his image all day long. He's horrible. He needs to go home. I will say he did get very emotional during the VMAs, just like that you did. Fake. Come on, man. That's fake. Justin Bieber don't care about nobody but himself. Oh. I love the fact that you tried to draw a direct comparison between <laughs> Justin Bieber and Maurice Hawkins. There's, there's many more similarities we can get into another time. Uh, the act of going back in time and giving the right to women to vote. Does that... Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. That hawks the hawks. That hawks the hawks, 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 hawks for yeah, sure. Yeah. How about I the, love women. How about the show Bachelor in Paradise? Never seen it, don't want to see it. I, I care less about that. Does not hawk <laughs> the hawk. Does not, no. And no. finally, salad. Does salad talk the talk or does salad hawk the hawk? Dude, salad is grass. You eating grass when you eat salad. That talks the talk. That's not hawking nothing. <laughs> I need meat. I want some steak and potatoes. That's no good. You heard it here first, guys. Maurice Hawkins, he will not eat grass. He needs some meat. He needs some potatoes. Maurice Hawkins, man, thanks so much for being with us, and thanks a lot for All making right. the show so entertaining. We appreciate it. All right, see you guys next time. Thanks a lot for everything, man. Thanks, Maurice. I've got some prizes, Joe, and I'd like to give them away. Let's play a game. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out. 
and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So, Joe, in Barcelona, we heard from some of the old guard, and I was remembered, uh, reminded rather of some familiar names who we should definitely have on the list to be super fans. But remember, one of the prerequisites that we set for people entering this contest was that they come up with a specialist subject, something that's not poker that we can turn into an on-air competition. All right. So, super fan John Berry came up with a really, really good subject, and that's why we've invited him onto the show to be this week's superfan. What up, John Barry? Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Chuck! Oh, great. Chuck, it's your cousin, John Barry. Listen to this. Sorry. And there is, there is a very, very deep irony in you quoting Back to the Future. Why? Because the subject of today's Superfan vs. Stapes is movies of John's childhood, which I presume is your childhood as well. That's right. It's classic 80s movie quotes. John Barry, how old are you? 39. So I think John's going to have a little bit of an advantage because he's slightly older than I am. I was born in the 80s. I am reasonably confident that you have seen all of the movies that are contained in this envelope. Now, the difficult part is going to be that the quotes will be read by me in the style of a BBC continuity announcer and not in the style of a Hollywood movie star. I really want to do that job. Is that the people like, coming up next on Channel 4? Absolutely. You've got it in one. Um, so, John, what's your deal? You, you're an Englishman, but you live in the Netherlands. Yep, that's right. I uh, work here... For a sports TV channel. Oh, good um, for you! <laughs> came out here ten years ago, twelve years ago, six months, and I'm I'm stuck. Uh, yeah. Is what, living what is living in Amsterdam? Do you live in Amsterdam or just in Holland? Sorry. Yeah, Amsterdam. Is living in Amsterdam as amazing as people might think it is, or does it start to wear on you after a while? Uh, it 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 can it can wear on you, but it's uh it's no no worse than living in London or uh or, or New Jersey. What's what's New Kizzy? <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Okay, yeah. No. Um, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> wow. I could only make it a couple years in London. Yeah. Two, two and a half years was the most I could do. Yeah, it's a bit more laid back here, but uh, still, you know, still a rat race. And what do you do? Rats. What kind of uh, like uh, sports stuff do you, you do? Promos? Is that what it says in your Twitter yeah, profile? Yeah, promos. Yeah, yeah. I make promos. I actually work uh, in the same company that Fatima works at, but I've never met her. Cool story, eh? Well, I would just avoid her because she's not really very nice in person. <laughs> not true. She's not very nice to you. That's the difference. Um, John, I have the questions in a sealed envelope. And yep. before we get started, as you are the super fan, as you are our guest, I give you the choice of odd or even, going first or second. Oh, I'll go odd. I'll you're go gonna, first. You're going to go first. Okay. Let's get going with this week's competition. Remember... Up for grabs, a Step C ticket worth 27 euros, and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Superfan versus Stapes. So, John, three points up for grabs with every question. If you can name the character, the actor, and the movie. Your first okay. quote. My density has brought me to you. Okay. George McFly. That is correct. Uh, actor, actor, character, and... You've done the character. I now need the actor in the movie. 
It'd be amazing if he didn't get the movie somehow. You don't have to do them in order. What's the movie? Back to the Future. So that's two points. Let's see if you can get the third. Who is the actor? Oh, 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 he's, on the, oh he's on the tip of my tongue. Crispin Glover. Correct for three points. Get, get in. Joe, <laughs> question two. Get in. You're not supposed to have pets in the building. Um... If I get one wrong, I can still maybe get the other ones right, though, yes. right? Yes. Ghostbusters? Um... Lewis? Rick Moranis? Wow, we have a tied game. Maximum points scored, possibly for the first time in the history of this quiz. Yes, have this, some. This is why I chose this category, because as much as I like to listen to grown men not be able to name <laughs> ice hockey players, <laughs> I thought this would be a bit more fun. It's for the good of the program. Thank you, John. It's for the good, for the good of the show. It is appreciated. Question three, and it's your question, Mr. Barry. Nothing shocks me. I'm a scientist. Hmm. Man, if the last question hadn't been Ghostbusters, I might have gone for Ghostbusters yeah, on this one. That's what I was, yeah. You're Just so you know, front. guys, there are no tricks here. There's no double quotes from the same movie. They are all individual, distinct all movies. Independent movies. Okay, shit. Uh, nothing shocks me. No, I'm going to have to pass it over. Okay, Joseph, what are you going to go for? Real genius? Okay. Well, I can guess a different character's name now, at least. Um, what's another movie that had a scientist in it that was made? Um, Dr. Chivago. And you can guess an actor if you want. Um... Sure, um, Chevy Chase. It was Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford in oh, Indiana wow. Jones oh. and the Temple of Doom. When obviously he's, he's getting it on with Mrs. Spielberg, and she says, sorry if I shocked you, and he says, nothing shocks me, I'm a scientist. Yeah, I don't know, that, oh. must, that must have been in the deleted scenes. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. That's pretty bad, that's that poor. Terrible. Okay, that's question four, and this one goes to Joe Stapleton. Hey! You scratched my anchor. Ah, that is uh, Caddyshack. Rodney Dangerfield. Al Chervik. Wow, Joe gets the maximum three points. Oh, we need to get back okay. in the game here, John. You're, okay. you're trailing 6-3. Let's see if we can go for maximum points here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm responsible now. The price you pay for being successful. Oh, that's tough. Okay, I'm going to make you an offer, John. Yeah. If I give you the next line, you can play for half points. It's fair. Well, I might as well go for it, because otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll have to forfeit if I don't. So go on, give me the next line. Okay, yeah, I'm responsible now. The price you pay for being successful, dot, dot, dot. I've just made a deal that will keep the Empire out of here forever. Oh! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, what? yeah. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Lando Calrissian. Yes. Billy D. Williams. Yes, one and a half points. He's back in the game. Back in yeah. the game, but still trailing. Okay, Joe, your question. That was some of the best flying I've seen to date. Right up to the part where you got killed. Top Gun. Viper. Okay. Then, um, Val Kilmer. Shit! Two points to potentially steal here. We know it's from Top Gun, John. Do you know the yeah. character and the actor? But was it, is it the Kelly McGuinness character? Uh, uh, no. No, that's the actor. You've had your shot at an actor. No, go, give me a character name. Goose. It was Jester, played by Michael Ironside. Oh, Jester. The irony is I thought one of you would say Tom Skerritt. But no, it was Michael Ironside. Well, I did. I saw who Viper was, was Tom Skerritt. That uh, was my way of saying Tom Skerritt. So, by my calculations, Joe, you have seven points. John, yep. you have four and a half. And this uh. is your next question, question seven. So if he holds out here, he's up by half a point. Yes. Okay. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? And I can't give you any clues with this one. If you can't get it, Stapleton's going to steal it. I'm thinking it's uh, it's an underdog sports move. It's what I'm... Uh... Oh, and Joe's going to know it. I'm going to have to rush you. Yeah, now go on. I'm letting the side down. Okay, Joe. I think you're going to get three points here. That was Sergeant Al Cowlings, played by Reginald Vell Johnson in Die Hard 2. Oh, what? It's Hans Gruber what? played by Alan Rickman in Die Hard. No, go back to the tape. I'm almost positive that line is from Die Hard 2 <laughs> from Sergeant Al Cowlings played by Reginald Vell Johnson. And you forgot a key detail. These are movies of the 80s. Die Hard 2, 1990. Oh, man. Oh, man. How did I mess that up? Die Hard's like one of my favorite movies. I don't even know. Okay, Joe, your next question. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for offering to save my life. I just want to say thank you for offering to save my life. Um, perennial, perennial 80s movie, Flatliners, starring um, Danny Glover, playing the role of Corporal Hicks. John, can you steal these three points? Yeah, I, 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 can picture, I can picture it. It's Goonies. It is the Goonies. Oh, where did I drag that from? It's Goonies and... Oh. What the is shit? It, is it Mouth? It okay. is the Mouth. And who is the actor who plays Mouth? Corey Feldman. Correct. So yes, wow. you currently lead by half a point. It is seven and a half plays seven. Yikes. And it is now your final question, John. My uh, final question. Your right, final okay. question. So this is question nine. 
Your final question. I've never driven forwards before. Hmm. This is a tough one. Yeah, I can picture it. It's... Backing out of a driveway. It's E.T. Correct. Wow. Fucking hell. Um... I'm in big and trouble. It, it, it's the it's the it's the brother. It's Elliot's brother. Whose name is? Oh, Michael. I do not expect you to get the next part, which is the actor who played him, because I had to look it up. <laughs> well, if you didn't know James, then I'm screwed. But he will give you the next line in the movie for half <laughs> points. Uh, no, I don't know. I'll pass it on to Joe. Joe, do you kid. know who played Michael in ET? I have a fucking clue. Robert McNaughton was the actor's oh, name. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, I couldn't give you a, <laughs> I couldn't give you a, a Henry Thomas or Drew Barrymore line. So, you. What is what is what do I need to do? I need to hole out to win, right? Uh, you need to get two points to tie, or three points to win. There is a tiebreaker. Should you tie? How can I tie? Because he's got a half a point somehow. Uh, oh, he has got the half point, hasn't he? Yes. So I need three to not lose. Oh, of course, I didn't. I, I lost. I lost a little half point on my on my board. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. Okay, let's see if you can get all three then. My minimum price for taking a stranded lady to a telephone is $400. I literally have no idea. It's over. It's gotta be over. Taxi driver? N that was 1976. Um, do you happen to know, John? You don't need to, because you've basically yeah. won. I'm 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 glad I went first now. Uh, even after the Caddyshack debacle, no, no idea. It was Jack Colton, played by Michael Douglas in *Romancing the Stone*. I've probably seen that movie. And I'm gonna to see Joe try and save some face. You can get the tiebreaker. Yeah, give me the tiebreaker just to, to uh, again, yeah, just so I don't freaking. Call me James. It's five days to Alaska. Call me James. It's five days to Alaska. I have no idea. That is a 58-year-old Roger Moore having sex with a 19-year-old girl in an iceberg in the James Bond movie A View to a Kill. That's right, I had to get some Bond in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to give that this just because of how wrong it is oh, as a thing. The entire movie deserves just one long, uh... That's hot. John Berry, congratulations, you have conquered Superfan vs. Stapes. You have won yourself a Step C ticket. We are putting you on the first step of the way towards playing an EPT main event. Oh, good for you! Plus, you ship the much-coveted, much-desired, money-can't-buy, everyone-loves-a-chop-pot t-shirt. Ah, fantastic. Thanks, guys. The, uh, the t-shirt is going to be pride of place. Ticket will be wasted after a few pints. Ah, nice work, Jonathan. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the show, and thank you for suggesting a really good competition category. Okay, my pleasure. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you very much, John. Okay, take care. All right, my babies. Well, we are winding down this week's show. Next week, we've got the PCA Final Table TV show to talk about. Some interesting things there. As we mentioned, one of the big stars to come out of that show is Chance Cornuth. I'm trying to get Chance 
on the show. We've got yeah, a couple of... Rather selfishly, he's gone and got married. What a dick. Which means he's kind of off social media, not responding to emails, enjoying far too much time with his wife, Emily. Exactly. And so he's on his honeymoon right now, I know, because his wedding was last weekend. And our next show isn't... We don't record it for like eight days, so I'm hoping he'll be back by then. Also, he seems like the type that might be down to just be like, yeah, let's have a little... Let's have a little interview. I'm on the honeymoon, baby doll. He'll pull it off. She'll still love him afterward. So I'm trying to get that. Barring that, I will get one of Chance Cornu's wedding guests to appear on the show. Wow. So The sound of barrels being scraped can be heard ringing in the background. So we'll just have like a, like a foreign correspondent. Like <laughs> my friend Sammy Backer went to uh, Chance's wedding. So we can at least get a report of what happened there. The W Coop will, in fact, be in full swing yep. by the next time you hear from us. And um, I found a video from Toronto, from uh, doing stand-up in Toronto. So next week, I will play you guys. Uh, James, you were there. In the, uh, yes. From, from the Weed Lounge. That was the one that turned out the best, the recording that turned out best. So I will play you some of the clips for me doing comedy in the Weed Lounge. Uh, but that's it. That's all we've got for this week's show, guys. Uh, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>